evening, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of Season 3 of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scars. We're the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we look back on the season that was. We're going to break down uh, a pretty bad playoff loss uh, for the kids, for the Montclair Miners. Uh, we will do a, a bit of season in review, including who we think should be promoted to the first team, who should stay in USL, and who should be maybe sent packing. We're going to give out our team awards, and we're going to make predictions on the on the final between uh, Phoenix Rising and, and Louisville City FC. Uh, spoiler alert before we start, uh, Louisville City destroyed the Red Bulls. This past weekend, a 5-1 loss in the Eastern Conference Finals. But before we get to that, joining me tonight, as always, the most reliable host this season, Joe Steen. Hello, Joe. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, Still trying to recover from that awful loss this weekend. But, you know, a great season for them nonetheless. Yeah, I think that that's true. Um you know, making it to the finals, uh, conference finals, two years in a row. Good on you. Uh, tough, tough result to swallow, though. I uh, agreed, but, <laughs> but you know, but two finals in a row, or uh, well, three finals, three in a finals row, in a row, yeah. But I mean, two with basically two different teams in two seasons. I, uh, I would say that that's basically three with three different teams. But yeah. before we break into that, I'm going to cut you off right there, Joe. <laughs> Uh, in honor of our next <laughs> our next host tonight, it's the wonderful, the lovely, the ever so gentle Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Nah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was very gentle. I think that I sold you the right way this time. I think so too. <laughs> Merced hashtag Merced in is working. We're softening the beast, everyone. Oh, man. Trying to. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's right. We're just trying to. Um, let's not beat around the bush too much. Let's talk about this match this past weekend. 5-1 is the final result. We mentioned that earlier. Uh, Red Bulls 2, look, they get started on the right foot. They draw a penalty early. And then that moment, I think, uh, sort of encapsulates how the rest of the evening will go. Chris Lima steps up to the spot to take the kick, uh, slips on his attempt, puts the ball over the net, and a golden opportunity for the Red Bulls goes begging. Do you think that if uh, they bury the PK here, that changes everything that happens after it, Justine? I don't know if it changes everything. It definitely would have put them in, in a great position to start the game. I think they started the game very well. But I think that, you know, and, and I I don't want to question, uh, question Chris Lima because I'm not in training. I don't see who takes penalties and who's good at it. But I know that was the first one he took all year. Uh, and I know that field is a tough field to play on because it's not it's technically a baseball field. But, um, yeah, that penalty miss just it, everything seemed to snowball after that. Well, yes, and then they go into they go in a hole, uh, obviously down one nothing with a penalty of their own. Uh, which forces them to come out of the shell a little bit and push numbers forward, which is eventually what is their undoing. Uh, Anthony, the penalty given against New York, what are your thoughts on that? Do do you think it was worthy of a PK? 
Um, I think for for the game that it was, I hate doing this because I'm always one of those people that's like, if it happens in a regular season or happens in the postseason, it should be the same. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, it, it it was light. Yeah. <laughs> like I, it, it was, I didn't I didn't think it was unnecessary, but it was a foul. So I guess yeah, yeah. I guess I got to say it was. Yeah, that that's kind of how I looked at it. I think that if you're in the box as a defender and you put your hands on the opposing player, even if you don't uh, push or pull or throw them down, you're putting the referee in a position to make that call. And uh, on the day, unfortunately, it goes against them. Um, Heading into the half, you know, I think there was still a lot of positives for the team. And then uh, things continued their downward spiral, if you will. (laughs) Once they're down to nothing, they finally bring in uh, Christian Caceres, who does help things in the short term. Uh, they're able to pull a goal back, and they look like they're going to tie it up. Uh, and then the wheels really fall off once uh, Speedy Williams, ex-New York Red Bull 2, Speedy Williams comes in <laughs> to just uh, poop all over uh, the Red Bulls on the night with two fantastic goals. Uh, it's it's tough to, to think that Evan Loro could really do anything here, but I think a big part of what we saw was uh, the ability to close down players uh, in the fi- in the Red Bulls defensive half took a major hit in the in the second half as they were pushing for that second goal, and that was one of the things I had warned about uh, heading into this match: is not getting drawn up field by by Louisville, who uh, has done so well at countering against teams that do that to them, and they just really piled it on in the end. Jostine, uh, who who had the worst day for the defense in your mind? Probably Ethan Cutler. I think he made uh, quite a few mistakes in this game, and especially on the second goal, or was the second goal where he? I think he gave a little too much space um, to the runner, and that. And then on Speedy's second goal, I think he just completely there wasn't. He he just didn't defend well enough, and you know I I don't want to put this on you know and Dom or Pollitz, but I I think I don't think their outside backs gave them much shot at all in this game. Well, yeah, and that always puts a strain on center backs anyway. If if the outside backs aren't doing their job or if they're getting caught up field, uh, it pulls them out of position, and, I mean, just chaos ensues. And I think we saw a lot of that in this game. It's it's sad because the defense had played so well up until this point, but you know maybe there was a little bit of that feeling uh, in the back of our minds and, and certainly uh, the, the folks watching this match that uh, something was going to give at some point. Anthony... What is it going to take for the Red Bulls to repeat uh, what they've done for the past three years and continue to to get back to this point? Something that they're not guaranteed in the USL, and that is a consistent first team. Um, it's very, very... Look, John Wanak has done a tremendous job of getting um, three very different teams, um, or I should say four very different teams. Every year it's been you know, night and day with the talent that he's had um, different levels of different positions. You think of that 2016 team and how solid that defense was, um, which now part of it is in the MLS squad yeah. doing <laughs> tremendously well as like defender of the year, potentially, or at least part of the best defense in uh, the MLS regular season. There were other years. There was a last year where you really had to point at the offense and say that, you know, the late, goals from Stefano Bonomo late in the season, late in the campaign, 
um, really made a difference. And you had even predicted, I think, that he was going to be a first-teamer next year. And that really, injuries yeah. and inconsistency really kind of killed him. Um, but it's it's weird. This um, Because of the nature of this team, uh, consistency, which is necessary to repeat as a champion, is what we're seeing with Louisville, um, is kind of not possible. Yeah, okay. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, yeah, the constraints of what they have to put up with in order to compete week in and week out makes it very difficult to, to put in those kinds of uh, consistent performances. I think that 2016 team is going to be a really um, uh, special team for a long time because it was just a perfect confluence of, of uh, personnel that made that team go. Uh, and, and, you know, not just from the, the guys who were assigned to that USL squad, but the contributions they got from academy players who would just show up uh, from week to week and like put in massive, massive uh, shifts uh, was unreal. Like Noah Powder was academy that year and uh, Kevin O'Toole and yeah, so many good players. Anyway, well, I think we, also, we also need to remember though that the, that the league has changed dramatically and Louisville this past week showed the gap between two teams and um, I don't want to use the word competitive, but I guess like independent, I guess teams, uh, you know, they're, they're on another level at this point and they, they have different goals that, that, that really set them apart from two teams. Um, I could, I guess I could see that a little bit. I think that with like the, the only other team I think in um, the Eastern conference that had been that dominant was FC Cincinnati. And a lot of that was driven by, what they need to do for next year. So they were they were really stockpiling up uh, and trying to get a trophy this season in a way that a lot of other clubs couldn't. Uh, but Louisville, I think that they continue to just, um, in terms of what they've done with their squad, and uh, even though they've been thrifty, what they've been able to get out of them uh, has been really impressive. I don't think that that is necessarily uh, just because they're independent. Because I think there's a lot of other independent teams that could not do what Louisville is doing, especially not be as dominant as that as that team has been. No, but they're buying for but they're buying for a specific reason as yeah. opposed to what Red Bull Two is doing. They, they're right. trying to groom people for a first team, according to Louisville. That for right now, that is their first team. Yeah. All right. Fair. Fair. Uh, let's. Uh, do you guys want to do a man of the match? I feel like. We. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, well, I do want to say one thing about sure. Louisville is the fact that they've also they also you know completely different head coach too this year too. Yep. After yeah. um, and you know what a job he's done to come in and basically take that squad and get them right back to where they were last year. Yeah, I definitely teased John Hackworth uh, earlier in the season because of his uh, stint with Philadelphia, but yeah. he's done a great job with Louisville. But uh, arguably a much stronger squad compared to the rest of, rest of the league when you look at Louisville and uh, the Philadelphia Union that he was in charge of. Anyway, let's uh, get into the season review portion of the show. Uh, this first segment we're going to do is promoted, stay, cut. We're going to talk about players on the team. Hopefully we could talk about different players, uh, but it, it's okay if we agree on some. Uh, who we think should be promoted to the first team next season, uh, who should continue to grow in USL, and maybe who should hit the road and, and look for other opportunities elsewhere. Uh, I will start with you, Anthony. Who should be promoted to the first team? Okay, I think Andrew Tanari needs to be a first team guy next year competing. Well, 
I don't know. The midfield is tough with all the guys that they have. But I think that he continues to be really amazing for this team and the kind of guy that makes everybody better around him. So he's that guy. Yeah. One thing I would like to see with him uh, is for them to kind of decide what kind of player they want him to be. He's been yeah. he's he's versatile, which is perfect uh, in terms of being able to fill in anywhere. And we've seen how the first team can use guys like that on the wings or up top. And and obviously, Tenari wouldn't be up top. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, I want him to kind of grow into a role. Is he purely defensive midfielder? Is he box to box? They played him as a number ten at points in the season. So I'd like for him to kind of. Uh, you know, settle into something. Joe Steen, who do you who should who do you have that should be promoted? Uh, pretty obvious, Jared Stroud. Uh, I think he's been fantastic as the se- uh, in the second half of the season. Really, really stepped up his game when they needed him to. Great left foot. I really think he could provide a lot of um, a a lot of different things for the first team as far as attack goes. Like uh, any attack. I 100% agree with that. I think he's been fantastic this year. I think maybe uh, keep him around in USL for another year just to uh, continue to let him grow and, and not have to battle, you know, Royer, Etienne, uh, Ivan, Velo when he's going to be healthy. There's a lot of uh, players that are uh, in that wing position. Wheel, you know, all, all those guys. That's true. Um, for me, I'm going to say Amando Moreno. I think... Even though uh, he didn't quite get back to the level he was at uh, before injury, uh, he was absolutely fantastic and on such a great tear uh, playing out wide and being a scoring threat. And I think that that's something that the first team sorely needs Just continue to have uh, help on the wings to score goals. Okay, Joe, I'm going to start with you this time. Who should grow for another year in USL? Hmm. I'm going to say Chris Lima. I think he's uh, – I, I think I've seen a lot of bright spots from him this year, uh, especially when he played alongside Caceres and Tenari. Uh, I really think he can grow into a solid um, playmaker from that uh, – from the deeper spot in the midfield. And I, I do want to see him in the U.S. all next year for sure. Okay, fair. Anthony? I'm going to say Brian White. Um, I know there's a lot of people that think that he's a first-teamer right now. Um, and he's seen some minutes. Um, and I know it, technically I think he is signed with the first team at this point. But I still think he needs to, He needs another year of grooming to really kind of refine that. If Red Bulls, gonna, if Red Bulls are going to go with one striker up top, who knows? He might be that guy, but I think he needs another year just to prove that he can do it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to say Tom Barlow. Uh, I think we got uh, some really nice things out of him. He's got pace. He's got size. <clears throat> but he just needs a little bit of time, especially uh, playing with his back towards goal. When he, you got a big size like that, it, it kind of reminds me of Kenny Cooper a little bit. Uh, that uh, he still oh. pl- he plays like a smaller, <laughs> quicker forward, but he, he has the ability to be a dominating presence in the box and a guy that can hold the ball up. So I, I'd like to see him continue to, to grow there. Uh, and if if you had to cut someone from the team, uh, jo- uh, not Justine, uh, Anthony, I'll start with you. I'm going to go with Hassan and Dom. I don't know how much more you can put into this guy. What? You are insane. I, it, it's just, it's not there. It, I don't know how, like. Oh my God, dude. It's just not there with that. He's up. He's it. a 19 year old center back uh, who was one of the best uh, CBs in the league. 
And yeah, that's I a can't, ridiculous no, I thing. Okay. Like, like, that's a ridiculous. Like he was part of like this team was bleeding goals and he was making tremendous mistakes time after time. This is year number two already. Look, either it's either he needs to go somewhere else to learn this, but it's like it's not happening with him. Holy but he was macro. also great in the Cincinnati and Charleston games, though. Oh, he's also down playing, the stretch. Right? Period. Down the stretch, he was yeah. great. Yeah, he figured it out, and then he let it all go again. Like he, oh, he's incredibly come on. You, inconsistent. You, you, wait, you place the Louisville loss at and Dom's feet. It's part of it. That defense fell apart completely. Oh boy. Okay. He's incredibly uh, <laughs> inconsistent. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I, I will agree with that. That he has been inconsistent, but he's also 19 years old. Oh, now we're making excuses. Everybody on this team is pretty much like 19. Well, that, I mean, you could use, that's you could use not that excuse true, for anybody I, on this team. I, I think he's the I think he's one of the youngest players on the team. Yeah, by not that much. I think like I was just talking about Brian White. He's like only 22. That's three <laughs> years. That's a lot of time. <laughs> and center backs uh, tend to not mature until they're at least their mid 20s. So I, I think that that they. Should not cut ties with him. That's a terrible idea. Thank goodness you're not the GM, Justine. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ethan Cutler. Uh, I think he has some great attacking qualities, but I, I don't. I think he lacks so much in in his defensive game. I know he changed positions, but I I, I don't know if I see him improving that much defensively to make me want to like see him in the first team. Yeah, there were moments I think at the beginning of the year where uh, he looked improved over last season, but he definitely fell off. Uh, arguably at, at around the time that he signed with the first team, uh, things just never quite got back to where they should have. Uh, I, you know, well, I, well, here's a question about Ethan Cutler, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he was not a defender in college, correct? Correct. correct. No. So, you know, are, is is it unfair to ask him now for two years to do something that maybe he just never was able to do? Why not try him at something that he did know how to do before? Well, I think they did do that a little with him uh, through preseason and playing him on the wing at times. Um, but I think just based on his build and the, the other guys that they have available, that they don't see him as projecting as a forward for the first team. And so this was their plan B. Like, if we're going to get something out of him, we could try him as a right back. It could be similar to the Justin... Was it Justin Billu last year? Justin Billu. Yeah, where he... Just didn't work out at center back, and yeah. they just moved on from him. Yeah, well, that and, was a bad idea putting him at center back. He was a wing back the entire time. <laughs> uh, and I mean, not for nothing, but you were just talking about how you know we need to be patient with Cutler, but not with Endom. Endom's nineteen, Cutler's twenty three. Uh, yeah, playing. Yeah, but my 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 thing about Cutler was that he's not playing. He's been asked to do something that he has not done until he got to this team. It's okay. not like they converted Endom from a. They didn't do a Bonomo and put him at center back. Yeah, that's or true. put him at striker. <laughs> that so much. Is, that much is true. A difference there. That much is true. I still think you're wrong, but uh, I will. I will agree with Justine in this round. I had also picked Cutler. I guess. Look, if I had to pick someone else in, in this uh, batch of players, uh, unfortunately, I would pick Jordan Scarlett. I think that uh, it, very much like Cutler, that there were some strong expectations based on his, his year last year coming into the season. And they, they quickly burst into flames, whether it was um, issues with injury um, or just consistency. He never quite reached uh, up to uh, the heights of where he was at last season. And 
uh, given the other talent that's come through with Kevin Pollitz and Hassan and Dom, <laughs> who Anthony would cut, uh, I think that uh, that that Scarlet's the odd man out there. Um, okay, that was our promote, stay, and cut. Now we're gonna you know, move. I forgot that Jordan Scarlet was even on See? the team. See, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how's he called out in Dom? And he doesn't even take into account I Jordan told Scarlet. Yeah, God, when was the last time we talked about that? Like, yeah. April? Look, Probably, he, he, uh, well, we against, have talked um, about him, Joe Steed and I, but I mean, again, against the game against Penn FC, or yeah, Penn FC, where he actually had a good, he actually had a pretty solid performance. When no, was that? Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh. August? He played against Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh. That was the final game of the season. He actually, yeah, he actually wow. had a decent game in but you know for the most part he's been mia because it's been tough to get him on the field yeah um okay that concludes that section now we're going to do our uh season awards we're going to do offensive mvp defensive mvp goal of the year and moment of the year i guess let's start with uh our offensive mvp uh jostine who you got uh Pretty obvious, Jared Stroud. I mean, what can be said? What else can be said? Uh, was pretty much a distributor, and then once he got his first goal, he just started scoring them left and right. And I, you know, thought he did a great job as far as he was the guy. He like when Amanda Moreno went down, he became the guy that they looked to to get the ball to. Yep, next man up mentality. I like it. Uh, Anthony Merced. Um, I was gonna say. Armando Moreno, you know, 11 goals. I thought he looked really, really strong in, 20, in 30 appearances. Yeah. All right. But, I, but right. I can't disagree with Jared Schott, though. I thought he did look tremendous as well. I I agree. The Like the ideal starting uh, three up top of, and I've said this before too, Armando Moreno, Brian White, and Jared Stroud, when they were clicking and healthy, uh, they were fantastic. There was a great run there. Uh, for a home stretch right before Armando got hurt, where they were just tearing everything up. Uh, I'm going to give it to Jared Stroud. I agree, Moreno is also worthy, uh, but I think Jared, uh, with the assist that he was able to provide, is what pushed him over the edge. Defensive MVP, I'll start with you, Anthony. Oh, God. It really has to be um, Evan Laura. Okay. <laughs> He's my goalkeeper of the season. <laughs> he, had some, he, he had some crazy times this year where he would come out of goal to pick up the slack for some people. Oh yeah. And man, he yeah, he's got my vote defender of the year. And I I just think in terms of him his shot stopping ability and his um leadership uh in in net, he stepped up a lot this year. So I I think that's a fair pick, Justine. Can we include defensive mids in this? No. Uh, no. Well, you know what? All right, sure. You could do that, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, I mean. I'll change the rules. I'll let you <laughs> change your mind, no, too, I'll, Anthony. I'll stay, if like. No, I'll, I'll, I'll still say Hassan Adam. I thought he was, um, like, we mentioned, like we mentioned. <laughs> I'll, I'll, add like a, I'll add a special category for midfielders. Okay. Uh, like we mentioned, uh, later half of the season, when this team needed to win games down the stretch, he was a big part of why the defense was so successful. And... I know he, you know, they didn't have the greatest game last week, but they were able to shut down quote uh, quote unquote the greatest team in USL history. So, um, guys are so hurt by that. <laughs> you guys don't uh, know how to deflect stupid fandom. <laughs> <laughs> um, all fandom is stupid. No, eh, some it's more true. dumb than others. <laughs> all right, fair. <laughs> 
inherently, I feel like if you follow any sports team to a fanatical uh, level, you have to to throw some sense out the window. I'm just saying they 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 shut them out at Nippert. That's true. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah, because FC Cincinnati's like the Red Bulls. They just completely <laughs> blow in the playoffs. Oh man, I was waiting. For a comment. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's definitely nothing, uh, trolly about that. <laughs> uh, I, actually for that, that was like a perfect troll because it was both Cincy fans and Red Bull fans. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, take that. Hate everybody equally. Boom. <laughs> uh, I will give my defensive MVP to Kevin Pollitz, uh, just to be, uh, just to give somebody else besides, uh, Indom, because I, I do think Indom is worthy of the award. Uh, Pollitz is what I think helped settle down uh, the defense uh, as the year went on. And that, that stretch run where things were going so well, I think a big part of that was was Pollitt's addition to the back line and his steady play. All right, I'll give it fine. Midfielder of the year. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> specifically central midfielder of the year. Uh, Anthony. Oh, I wasn't planning this one, but uh, Andrew Tanari, because for another year of being whatever they need him to be when they need it. Very fair. Justine. Christian Caceres, when he played alongside Chris Lehman, that midfield, they were dynamic. And I thought uh, whenever they played, uh, Red Bulls too seemed to control the midfield for most of the game, if not all of it. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. I, I like Anthony's pick too, but I'm going to give it to Christian Caceres. Okay. Uh, well, I, I said goal of the year and then moment of the year. Let's start with moment of the year. What was the moment of the year for you, Justine? Brian White's Brian White playing goal in goal. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> that was that was that was awesome because literally they didn't have a plan for that for anybody to go in, and Brian just he told us in the post game. He said, "Yeah, I just kind of grabbed the gloves and just went in goal." So yeah, it was a big that, move that, for Brian for sure. Goal, assist, save, all in one match. Uh, Anthony. I'm going to say the one nothing the, the goal that um, toppled MC Cincinnati. I think no one expected that. None of us expected that game to be 1-0. Um, but that goal that really kind of got us all believing that maybe this was uh, 2016 all over again. Yes, and I agree with you, Anthony. I picked that as well. Uh, the FCC goes down. Uh, that was a huge win for this team, and I think it surprised a lot of people. And uh, yeah, that was great. Okay, except for except for Joe because he predicted a one nothing. I did say that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though I didn't believe it, I said it. Uh, Joe, goal of the year. Mm, I will say Amanda Moreno against Bethlehem Steel, just because the fact that they had not beaten that team in two years, and uh, it was he just come on and scored a great goal to give them the lead, and it was the game winner. Okay. Anthony. Oof. Um, this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to say... I'm, I'm going to go back to that MC Cincinnati goal. Like, okay. I can't describe enough how epic It was fantastic. Was yeah, it was. For a team that many people thought had no business even being there. Yeah. That walked, walked into Charleston and everybody said, yeah, well, Charleston totally just, you know crap the bad um to prove them wrong yes they got destroyed by louisville but new york red bulls were really kind of laid their claim at this point to being worthy of remaining a division two side with that win 
Okay. I think that that's fair. Uh, I am going to give it to what is the best goal of the season. Uh, because, I, look, look, I get you guys and what you picked, but you're both wrong. Okay? Oh, God. <laughs> the goal of is the season. Is this you being salty because Red Star Belgrade beat Liverpool today? No. And, I mean, look, any result in in Belgrade... You can't trust. And they drew Arsenal over the weekend. You guys know the history of Belgrade and, like, what has happened there, right? Oh, yeah. You just want to get out of here alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no. Uh, uh, I don't know what he's picking. Yes. I already know this. It was the face goal against the Richmond Kickers. Oh, that was the greatest man. goal. It was the same game as the Brian White uh, goalkeeping performance. But Jared Stroud <laughs> just walks into it, uh, takes it directly in the face, scores a goal probably the easiest goal he'll ever score in his life uh yeah and we got to talk to him right after that it was fantastic and he had a hat trick in that game too yes he did it was it was a weird night here's a question if uh if if that ball hits him in the face and doesn't go in the net do you think he goes down for a few minutes um yeah maybe (laughs) i could see that (laughs) okay uh that is our season awards our our awards for the team for the season Last but not least, we're going to talk about the final between Phoenix Rising and Louisville City. First, I just want to know um, from you guys, why is Louisville going to beat Phoenix? Anthony, I'll start with you. They're going to beat Phoenix because they're not going to beat Phoenix. (laughs) No, you have to play it both sides. Oh, oh, we got to play ball. Uh, um, they have a better midfield than Phoenix. I'll say that much. Uh, like Phoenix is dynamic on the wings, and they they can they move the ball well. They've done it especially well, obviously in their in their stadium. But this game won't be there, so it's gonna be because of the separation between East and West, and the fact that these two teams have not played each other. They don't know how to take a bounce off of that weird um, astroturf that they put over the infield. So it'll be interesting to see, and I think that that might be their undoing in the unfamiliarity with uh, the stadium in Louisville. Louisville Slugger Field. I'm going to pose the same question to you, Justine, but I just want to throw this out here first. Uh, Imagine Didier Drogba in the final game of his career, uh, like rolls his ankle or uh, sprains his MCL on that weird-ass carpet on the infield. Wait, what? I, I Chelsea like, hater. I feel like you're playing to the fact that he's killed Arsenal so many times in my career, like that I've watched on TV. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall for it. Well, like, I mean, look, you you bring to it whatever you want to bring to it. I just think, it, like, in terms of like the worst storyline that could play out for a player in their career, they lose a final and get like horrifically injured. I, I think that, the that word, tops not, the list. I thought the worst thing would be for them to lose a final, but then miss like the PK that could have, you know, tied it or won like, like Frank Lampard against like Manchester United. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that um, was the goal I was trying to think of the other night. And I could not think of it. I called out Lampard. And I thought it was in the UCL, but it was against Manchester. Wasn't it? Yes. <sighs> Curses. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Why is Louisville going to beat Phoenix? Um, probably because they're just they, they just have so many options in the I mean we even saw Cameron Lancaster go down and they just have so many options going forward. 
Uh, like Anthony said, their midfield of uh, uh, Del Piccolo has been great for them this postseason. Uh, even their outside backs have caused a lot of trouble too. And they've only given up, they've given up what I think two goals this whole postseason. So they they've been great everywhere. I mean, you know, they they give you your chances, but you have to capitalize on them, or they're just going to punish you every time they they get a chance. And I'm going to toss it right back to you. Tell me why Phoenix is going to beat Louisville. Because it's Phoenix, man. They're they're the team. They're they're a team of destiny this year. I I, I firmly believe that they're they're not intimidated by any anybody. I mean, they went and played OCSC, who you know they they've had great games with this year, and I just really believe that there's going to be some kind of magic in this game. Jadia Drogba is going to pull something out of his out of the hat out of his hat again, and they they again like Anthony mentioned, they have a lot of speed on the wings. They they can cause problems for you on the counter, much like Louisville City. And I think they'll be just a little bit more disciplined than Red Bulls too, and they'll be able to break Louisville down. Okay. Anthony, why is Phoenix going to beat Louisville? Phoenix is going to win because in 2012, a cross came into the box, up oh, went Didier Drogba, it connected with his head, and it went past Manuel Neuer, considered by many to be one of the best goalkeepers, of the past decade. And Didier Drogba helped take Chelsea. Lowly, lowly Chelsea managed by Roberto Di Matteo that year. I'm not even a Chelsea fan and I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> to the Champions League glory. Didier Drogba is a winner. He knows how to win. And unless you're Montreal, um, <laughs> you really need like a reverse rabbit's foot to not win with a guy like Drogba. I will throw this out there right now. Because he did it in 2012, Anthony, that makes that achievement as old as my daughter, which means that it is way too long. He has passed his prime. I don't care that he's been scoring goals in the playoffs against Western Conference teams. DDA Drogba will not score a goal in the final, which uh, because of this proclamation, I'm sure that he will this have a hat trick of the uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, this reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, if he had Zlatan played a full season, he might have actually finished as the Golden Boot. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that based on how things shook out. I, uh, you know, I eat my words. You got to stand behind your words strongly, and sometimes that backfires. <laughs> I mean, if Zlatan could play defense, maybe the Galaxy would have made the. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> I was having that argument with someone. I don't want to get off topic here. Uh, we're going to move back around. Um, <laughs> okay. I am going to make my prediction for the final first. You all know what it is. It's going to be Louisville. I think it's going to be a multi, multi-goal multi win. And, and unfortunately for Phoenix Rising and DDA Drogba, he rides off uh, into the sunset. But because it's a long flight back, the sunset lasts for an extraordinarily long amount of time. Uh, Jostine, Not what that is... that long of a flight from Kentucky <laughs> to Phoenix. Yes, it is. It makes, oh, the, it it makes the sunset longer, is. Anthony. Oh, That's all. That's all I'm it's, saying. It's probably, it's probably an hour less than going from New Jersey to Phoenix. Trust yeah. me. Oh, it's God, no. It's, it's no. No, no, no. It's probably four and a half hours. It, it, yeah, it's it's like five and a half there from New Jersey. I, I made that flight several a lot of times. Yeah, LA is oh, six, okay. so that makes sense. Jostine, give me a prediction. What's your scoreline? Um... 2-1 Phoenix, they will come, they will bring it back to Phoenix as champions. Whoa. Anthony, 
I'm saying, uh, oh, by the way, it's four hours and five minutes from uh, Louisville to. to wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to predict Phoenix wins this one in a goal fest. It's going to be 4 3 Phoenix. Whoa. All right. That would be an exciting championship match. And that takes place this Thursday in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, before we get out of here for our third season, this is episode, what, 95? Is that right? Hold on. Let's find out. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys if you have any parting messages uh, for our listeners. Anything that you want to tell them before we head into the off season? Start with you, Anthony. Uh. <laughs> Take that, Joe. I will say, and this is something I've actually, this is, Words of wisdom here from years of um, covering this game, watching this game. Go watch the freaking games. Put your phone down. Get off Twitter and (laughs) just enjoy the damn sport for what it is, which has been amazing for the USL these past few years. Incredibly entertaining. And get the hell off Reddit and Twitter. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Uh, But I'm look, Anthony absolutely nailed it. Get out to those damn games, guys. Go to the games. Joe? Uh, I would say just stay tuned for what the USL presents next year. I mean, I think it's going to be exciting. A lot of new teams coming in. And, I, I, I mean, go to Montclair to watch the games. I mean, it's 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 a good time. I mean, don't be afraid to say hi to us because Joe Goldstein always loves giving out stickers, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, it's in all seriousness, if you actually want to go watch like a, an exciting brand of football or soccer, sorry. Wow. Um, that's, yeah, that's, European in me. that's the European. <laughs> in me. I'm sorry. Not uh, really. Like half the teams have football club in their names these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to go watch an exciting brand of soccer, I mean, Red Bulls too. I mean, they, they have some of the highest scoring games in the USL this year. It, it's, it's actually, it's a great time. I mean, you might see a 10-goal game like you did with Louisville this year. So, I mean, go watch the games next year. 100%. And I want to take this moment to say thank you to everyone who's been listening, uh, not just this season, but over the past couple of seasons. We continue to grow. The show changes uh, in subtle ways. We add hosts. We we retract hosts. We add hosts back. <laughs> we add segments. <laughs> things change. But it always works best. Uh, when you guys are uh, helping to bounce ideas back and forth with us and uh, interacting with us. And we love you all so very, very much. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at underscore Joe Goldstein. You can find me at NYC Sports World. You can find me at, at Jstein15. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, it's at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's on Twitter. You can also follow all three of us and our written work at RB News Network on Twitter and RBNN.us, the Red Bulls News Network, where we each write about uh, a variety of things, along with a, a number of other very talented writers. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com, where we post every episode. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us, rate us, review us. It means everything, and it really does help. Hashtag Merced in. 
You can also Ooh. find us at <laughs> bgn.fm, uh, where we, they've got other great shows like the USL show, Mongols. Make sure you listen to Rising is One this week, uh, because obviously they have something to talk about as we head the off into the sunset. <laughs> Uh, and a number of other great, great shows. And last but not least, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Uh, last thing I want to mention, I forgot to do this heading into the episode today. I want to go back through the season uh, and listen to the player interviews and find out who won the least funny Red Bulls 2 player. So I will be updating that, uh, but I'll probably just do it on Twitter. I don't need to release a episode of me uh, giving out the total uh, votes for that. But I'm pretty sure I know who it is. I think it might be Lucas Stauffer. I think you're right, yeah. Uh, but Evan Loro got a, a lot of votes too. So it, it's going <laughs> to be a neck-and-neck race. But I will definitely update those on Twitter. So uh, for myself, Joe Goldstein, uh, Joe Steen, and Anthony Merced, thank you very much and have a great off season. Click. <laughs> <laughs>